Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Welcome to Talk About Talk, episode number 106, a Q&A on personal branding. My name is Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. I'm the founder of Talk About Talk, and I'm your communication coach. Are you an ambitious executive? Do you have a growth mindset? Are you looking to advance your career? Well, you're in the right place. At Talk About Talk, we focus on communication skills topics like confidence, demonstrating leadership, and yes, personal branding. If you check out the talkabouttalk.com website, you'll find tons of resources to help you, including the new online course on personal branding, as well as one-on-one coaching, the archive of this bi-weekly podcast, and the free weekly email newsletter. Please go sign up for that newsletter if you haven't done so already. You can think of it as free communication skills coaching. And you can find all of this at talkabouttalk.com. Okay, a few months ago, we released the first Talk About Talk Q&A episode focused on general communication skills. That was episode number 102, if you want to go look it up. Given the overwhelmingly positive feedback that we received, we decided to do this again, this time with the Q&A focused on personal branding. These episodes are quite different from other Talk About Talk episodes. You're going to hear a question and answer period that was recorded from the Fishbowl app with over 850 Fishbowl members listening live and firing questions at me. Have you heard of Fishbowl? Fishbowl is a platform for professionals where they can have honest career conversations. I encourage you to go check it out. And you can find links to Fishbowl and lots of other personal branding resources in the show notes for this episode and also on the talkabouttalk.com website. In this episode, you're going to hear my unscripted answers to unscripted questions about everything from how to define a personal brand to why personal branding is important to lots and lots of questions about improving your confidence and even how to recover when you've made a mistake that might hurt your personal brand. I counted a total of 13 questions. So this is really like a masterclass on personal branding. I hope you're ready to learn lots. And if you like what you hear, I invite you to take my recently launched personal branding online course. It's called Five Steps to Nail Your Personal Brand. In this self-paced intensive course, I will guide you step-by-step through the process of articulating your personal brand. I promise this course will help you introduce yourself with confidence. You can find all about that course on the Talk About Talk website. Okay, before we get into the Q&A, there are two quick things that you need to know. The first is that because of the Q&A format, you won't hear a summary at the end of this episode because the answers to each of the questions are relatively succinct. Like I said, this Talk About Talk episode is different from most others. But like other episodes, you can always go to the show notes and reference relevant links and the transcript there. I even highlighted the 13 questions to make it easy for you. The second thing is I want to say a huge thank you again to my friend, May Samoy, who invited me to participate in these Fishbowl Live Q&As. May is a dedicated forensic accountant and consultant by day, And in her spare time, she's also a community leader on the Fishbowl app. So this was our second Fishbowl Live Q&A together. And the audience was even bigger, with over 850 people in the audience. 
listening, and firing questions at us. At the beginning of this recording, you'll hear May and me talking about how, despite her shyness, May also feels fired up after these live Q&As. May, you are a star. Thank you. All right, let's do this. Hi, Andrea. Hello, May. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Perfect. How are you? Good, and you? I'm excited. I'm really excited about this because <laughs> I know it was so much fun last time. Yes, yes. Me too. I love doing these. It gives me back energy. It's incredible. Oh, oh. so you must be an extrovert. <sighs> Not really. That's the funny thing. But like, I'm, I really step out of my comfort zone. For some reason afterwards, I'm so happy. I'm just happy. <laughs> so, so you and I need to talk because I think you may be an extrovert and you may be, you may be shy, which is totally different. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of shy extroverts. So extrovert means you get your energy from being around people and you feel fueled up, like fired up versus introverts. They need to be alone in order to kind of recover. And I think you're a shy extrovert. Okay. I didn't know it existed. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, I see that um, people are joining in. So, well, fellow Fishbowl members, and especially you, Andrea Wojnicki, welcome. Welcome to our Ask an Executive Coach event. My name is May, and I have the pleasure to host today's Fishbowl Live session. I'm a manager in a consulting firm and a Fishbowl leader, but most importantly, I'm very excited because today... We have Andrea with us, and she is here to talk about how to manage your personal brand. So um, you might have heard of Andrea during our last session. If you don't know her yet, Andrea is a communication coach and a podcaster at Talk About Talk, a learning platform to help ambitious executives improve their communication skills. And for the second time since we started the Ask an Executive Coach series, she's generously donating an hour of her time to help each and every one of us understand how to manage our personal brand. So, Andrea, before we jump into the subject, I wanted to just learn a bit more about you, what you do, what led you to coaching, and how we can reach out to you. Great. Okay. Thank you so much, May, for inviting me and to inviting me back to my, this is the second time I've done this. And I quickly agreed to do the second one because the first one was so much fun. I had such a fantastic time talking with many of you and answering your questions. So I'm really happy to be here. Since I started Talk About Talk, I've been coaching ambitious executives. So folks probably like you who are more than likely done your formal education, but you realize I'm a good B plus and I'm ready to be an A plus and I'm going to get that way by really focusing on some of my quote unquote soft skills, my communication skills. And over the last couple of years, I've really come to learn that focusing on your personal brand can provide you with a lot of traction. So that's why when May and Rachel invited me to come back for this second uh, fishbowl, they said we, we should talk about a topic because the first one was general communication skills. And I said, oh, it's got to be personal branding because I know this will make an impact on people. Love that. This is amazing. Andrea, I am a 
personally a really big fan of yours and I do listen to your podcasts and I recommend them to everyone in here. I, I just find that you provide such insightful recommendations and just, you know, the way you, you present it is always so much fun too. So we're very lucky to have you here with us today. Thank you. It's so, my pleasure. Thank you. So I see that a lot of people are joining in. I'm also extending a special opportunity for you. If you have questions and don't wish to ask directly, you can message me privately and I'll do my best to get your questions across to Andrea. Let's jump right in. My first question really is basic, but I think it's important. Andrea, what is a personal brand? So May, if you hadn't asked me that, I would have jumped in and said it anyway. So thank you for doing so. You know, I talk a lot uh, and write a lot about personal branding, but I always start with defining it just to get us all on the same page because it does mean different things to different people. And that's fair. When I'm coaching and thinking and writing about personal branding, I'm thinking about probably what you're also thinking about, which is your identity or your reputation, right? It's just like with product branding, products have brands mm -hmm. and so too will people, okay? Jeff Bezos actually has this fantastic quote that really helps us put this into perspective. He says, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Wow. Love that. Yeah. yeah. So we, have, we all have a personal brand, whether we choose to strategically manage it or not. And when I say strategically manage, I don't mean manipulating people. I mean, thinking strategically about how you present yourself, right? And how you present your identity to other people and reinforcing the parts that you want to reinforce. And, I'm, and I also want to clarify that we are talking, when we say personal brand, it is personal and professional. It is all of you. We are all multifaceted, complicated human beings with many, many, many roles. And all of those together create our personal brand. So we can, we can get more into that in a minute, but that I think that's a good place to kind of start as a foundation. And, and so why would someone want to work on their personal brand? Like why would they want to invest time or effort in managing that? Okay. So it occurred to me actually a couple months ago that I've been coaching people who understand that strategically managing their personal brand is a good thing and it's an important thing. And it occurred to me that a lot of people don't. And sometimes the, the people that I was coaching, they're like, my boss doesn't really think this is important. And I was like, hang on a second, because I have witnessed, I've literally witnessed epiphanies and transformations of people when they're managing their personal brand. And so I thought about it hard and I have come up with three benefits of why this is worth our time and our attention. The first is that when we take the time to develop our personal brand, we are controlling our own narrative. Right. And again, when I say controlling, I don't mean manipulating. I just mean you're not letting other people say what you are. You're saying what you are. And I mean, um, a sort of extreme example of this is politicians who don't get out there and establish their personal brands. Their opponents will do it for them. And I know that we, most of us don't work in that kind of brutal culture like politicians do. But the truth is, if we don't establish what our personal brand is, other people will do it for us. So that's the first benefit. The second benefit, I think, is the most sort of exciting and satisfying one, which is when you develop your personal brand, you will feel more confident because you will be articulating what your superpowers are, what your expertise is. And whenever you feel the imposter syndrome or you feel a shot of adrenaline, you're nervous, you just remind yourself of your personal brand 
what you are uniquely good at, what your expertise and passion is, and then your confidence will be elevated. So, so the second one is that it boosts your confidence. And then the third one is actually forward-looking. So this is, this is an interesting one that if you take the time to develop your personal brand, you can become the go-to person for whatever your expertise is, right? So you could be the thought leader. You can be, once if you have a really strong reputation, then think about it. Someone either within your organization or outside of your organization is looking for someone who has those traits, those values, that expertise, that passion, you're going to be top of mind because you have such a strong personal brand. So that's going to help you in your future. And the other thing is, you, for you personally, in terms of the future, it helps you make decisions. So for example, if I know that my superpower is relationship building and I get an offer to work for a company where relationships are a key part of the job versus another offer where I'm really just working one-on-one with another person, you know which job you need to take, right? So establishing your personal brand helps you with decision-making too. So those are the three reasons. One is control your narrative. Two is confidence. And three is optimizing your future. Wow. You state them like they're really simple things, but uh, it it sounds like a lot to unravel. There's, yeah, controlling our, our own narrative. What I hear in between the lines is that basically we all have a personal brand, whether we know it or not, because we might be setting it up but other people are actually also setting it up for us if, if we don't actively try to control it or work on it ourselves. So that's what I'm hearing for the first one. And then feel more confident. I mean, that's awesome. We've talked about imposter syndrome so many times on this channel that I feel like that's a great tool to go there. So I'm very happy to know that's one of the benefits. And then forward looking, definitely. Thank you for sharing these benefits, Andrea. Yeah. I- Someone just contacted me with a question and he says, hello, thanks for the opportunity. I'm a new consulting analyst and I'm still struggling with confidence when presenting. What advice the speaker has to me to improve? Oh gosh, I have many suggestions for helping with confidence and with presentation skills. In terms of your personal brand, one thing that I would encourage you to think about is why it was that your employer hired you. And you don't know everything. And especially if you're junior, you know you're learning, right? So, but the, the reason that they hired you, if you ever feel like, I call it the shot of adrenaline, because I, I sometimes, you know, it, it used to happen to me a lot more than it does now, but I would feel like someone kicked me in the chest and I feel this like shot of adrenaline, right? And my, my hands get sweaty, my face turns red. And if you, in that moment... Remind yourself of why they hired you. Why you versus somebody else? That can help you elevate your confidence. And then the other thing I would say is to really ground yourself in a growth mindset. And I know that that's a bit of a cliche, but I talk about this with my clients all the time and it seems to get a lot of resonance. So when I talk about a growth mindset, I'm defining it specifically as reminding yourself, I know what I know, and I'm keen to learn more. And I'm telling all the people here in this room, I'm just going to tell you right now, before I logged on to this Q&A, I actually said that to myself. I know what I know, and I'm keen to learn more. I don't know what you guys are going to ask me. I may not have an answer for every question, but I know what I know, and I'm keen to learn more. And just thinking about that really consciously, I promise you, it's it's like a superpower. 
the really interesting thing about having a growth mindset and reminding yourself of that definition is that sometimes later on in their career in particular, people sometimes err on becoming arrogant. If you're continually learning, you're not going to become arrogant. Arrogant people are like closed off, right? They're clo- they're, they're like defensive. And I really think that adopting a growth mindset is like a superpower and continually reminding yourself to do that. You know, Andrea, the first time I I heard you say that, it kind of took me a moment to really, really understand it, like the growth mindset. And then once I was caught up in a a situation where it was kind of a mistake, and then I was starting to feel like guilty and bad. And then I was like, no, 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 May, remember growth mindset. So you did the best you could in that situation. And now you know more so you can do better. And that's when I, I just, you know, your presentation of growth mindset just hit me right there uh, during that moment. So thank you so much for that advice. Oh, Um, I'm so glad you were able to internalize (laughs) it. And by the way, that just reminded me, it's really, really hard to adopt new habits just from listening to a Q&A. So to all of you who I I can see your headshots, I'm so thrilled that you're here. And I hope that you can take at least one nugget that is going to, you know, transform a habit or a mindset that you have. But if, if something in particular sounds intriguing to you that you think it might work, and I know different things work for different people, so that's why I'm suggesting this at the beginning, write it down. And what I've done this myself is put it on a post-it note on your laptop screen and until it is in your brain. And like when I'm trying to memorize something, I write like, here are the three things I need to know, boom, boom, boom. And then once I have it memorized, I get rid of it. But it's just a bit of a hack for helping you internalize things. Wow, amazing. Thank you. I have another question here coming in. And the person is asking, when having made a mistake, what is the best way to recover and fix your personal brand? I feel like it's a a little connected to what we just talked. And she's also asking, um, what are Andrea's thoughts on comparison? Is it good or bad? Oh, these are fantastic questions. (laughs) I am so excited. Okay, so the first part of the question is about if you made a mistake. Here's what we all need to know and remember and remind ourselves of that I hope was going to take some of the edge off of all this. And that is that our personal brands will constantly evolve, period. So that means if you made a mistake and people witnessed it and you're like, oh gosh, now my reputation is going to be that I'm whatever, not conscientious or that I don't care, whatever you think it is, you can change that. The world is changing around us. Our relationships are changing. Our jobs are changing. Our customers are changing. Our clients are changing. Everything is evolving around us all the time. So if we aren't evolving, then we're dead. Like, you know, not literally, but metaphorically. You can evolve your personal brand. And and if you make a mistake, again, I remind you, go back to the growth mindset go back to the growth mindset and own up to it. I I made some horrible mistakes in my career. I can tell you, I actually almost got fired when I was at Kraft because I ordered, I accidentally ordered 12 times of something that I I was, uh, whatever. I I ordered like a pallet instead of a case of something. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, anyway, um, so if you have a growth mindset, I'm telling you it's like a superpower. It'll get you out of anything. So that's, that's the mistake thing. The other part of the question, I think, was about copying others and emulating others with your personal brand. Is that... Like, is it a good thing or a bad thing to compare yourself? So I have this 
framework that I share with my clients that I'm going to share with you right now, which is how do I know whether I should include something in my personal brand? And then this is, this is going to partly answer that question. So I use the acronym PURE, P-U-R. So the things that you want to reinforce in your, as your personal brand, as your identity, are positive, unique, and relevant. P-U-R. And of those, like positive as in, you know, people are going to think it's impressive and you're going to aspire to it. Unique as in it's not what everybody else is. So I, I try to discourage my clients from using words like nice or trusted, sort of generic words, right? You want things that are much more unique. And then relevant is just it matters to you and to other people. But the most important of those three criteria, positive, unique, and relevant, is definitely unique. And most people say, no, 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 it has to be positive. So here's the thing. If you're going to spend your career emulating others, copying other people, you will be a very strong B plus, for sure. Maybe even an A minus. But if you want to be an A plus, think about the people who are really rocking it. They are in their happy place. They are unique and true and authentic to who they are. And unique is the name of the game. So I have this saying that I remind people, which is unique is better than better. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Being unique, like what, what does it mean, Andrea? So I, I've got so many stories, but you know, I can imagine you see one of your peers get promoted and you're like, why didn't I get promoted? Or why didn't that other person get promoted? And then you see how they act and you say, I'm, I'm going to emulate that. I'm going to copy that so that I also get promoted. That will get you so far because you're probably copying the positive attributes, right? If you want to really succeed, really feel fulfilled and like knock it out of the park, you need to also adopt the qualities that you know are uniquely true to you. And so, for example, I, you know, I was coaching some senior women at one of the big audit firms and, and one of them said, I have to tell you, I want to admit something to you all. I have a pretty good sense of humor. I'm known as the comedian in my family and the comedian at work, but I actually try to hide it because it's kind of not appropriate. And I said, hang on, you just got promoted to chief of staff at your organization. And she said, yeah. And I said, does your boss know that you have a sense of humor? And she said, of course he does. I said, so why are you hiding it? Why are you hiding it? Like, you, of course you have to be professional and you're not going to start cracking rude jokes, but you can be that lighthearted person. And I can imagine you being the CEO who is also that positive, optimistic person. And she told me that it was like the biggest epiphany of her career that she's ever had. And she said, now I am embodying my true authentic self in a way that I never have before. And of course, there is a balance, right? I have to be careful that I'm not seen as a jokester. But now that I know that my, th this is my true self, I'm so much more comfortable embodying my own personality and my own values. So I have all sorts of stories like that. Wow. Yeah. Well, I can see how that boosts confidence for sure, to be able to be yourself in an authentic, respectful manner, of course. But I can definitely see how that completely boosts confidence. Right. Yeah. Great example. I know that when I used to read some books about personal branding, they would say things like the way you dress and, and the way you walk and the way you, you shake hands. But now we're really living in an online environment. And so is there like a, a big difference between 
online or in-person branding? So I think that's that question is important anyway, but especially been amplified, right, since we've been working from home. It's no more boardroom table. It's around the screen, right? And my, my answer is pretty simple. And, and the answer is no, there should not be a difference. You are who you are, ideally, whether you are, you know, at home on the weekend or you are at work or you are, whatever, hanging out with friends or with your family, you're always the same person. And that goes with, through whichever media you're communicating yourself through. And your brand will be stronger if you're always that same person. We, and I, I don't know about you, but I, I've known people that have literally different personalities at work versus at home. And you can only get so far doing that. It's not authentic. And I know that's another buzzword, but authenticity is a jargon word for a reason. It's a very powerful thing. So if you can be authentic in all contexts. And the other interesting thing about your question, though, May, is that it reminds me I've spent a lot of time helping people articulate what their brand is kind of as step one. And then step two is, okay, now we've articulated it. How do we communicate it? And I guess the analogy is if you were an advertising, if you were a brand manager, right, and you, you write a creative brief, you're like, this is what my brand represents. These are the values of the brand. This is the brand personality. And then you hand that brief off to an advertising agency and they write, they write the commercial or they write the ad. And then you figure out where are you going to communicate it? Are you going to put banner ads on? Are you going to do LinkedIn ads? Are you going to do Facebook ads? Whatever. And it's online and it's your packaging. It's everything, right? So we as humans are kind of the same way. And so I've spent a lot of time Actually, I have, I have a document where I've brainstormed everything that I could think of, and I'm adding to it every week, about how we can communicate our brand offline and online. And I also think about communicating our brand implicitly versus explicitly. So explicitly is like when you introduce yourself. Explicitly is what's on your resume, what's on your LinkedIn profile, I think introducing yourself is a really powerful way to reinforce your personal brand explicitly, right? And then implicitly, it's some of the things that you were talking about. It's how you dress, which shows up, by the way, whether you're online or offline, right? It's the style that you write your emails in. It's what's in your background behind you. It's literally the photo that I'm I'm looking at photos of all these people (laughs) on my phone right now. That is literally creating a personal brand in my mind for each of you, right? So it's what does your headshot look like? It's everything about you. So it's explicit and implicit. It's online and offline. Um, yeah, so I've got a master list going. That's really interesting. So explicitly and then implicitly. And I, I hear a lot about strengths, your greatest strength, your passion. And so these are not necessarily implicit things, right? Or like, are they explicit things? How do you... How do you incorporate them in your branding? I encourage people when they're developing their personal brand to think about what your one main theme is. So your one main theme is the thing that you are an expert and passionate about. And it's the thing that almost always comes up when you are introducing yourself. So when I'm introducing myself, particularly in a professional context, and honestly, sometimes even in a personal context, I would say something like, my name is Andrea Wojnicki. And my obsession, my expertise is communication. So think about what, how you might uh, say something similar like that. So that's kind of your main theme. And then just this, this answers your question, May. 
I encourage people to keep a list. And yes, it will always change depending on what your job is and you know what, what your hobbies are and everything. But keep a list of 12 to 15 keywords or phrases that prompt you to remember kind of what the main things are about you. And these things can be values, traits, like personality traits, values, things that you think are important. They can be the school that you went to. They can be the credentials that you've acquired. They're very often, usually including the company that you work for, right? So talk about talk is definitely part of my personal brand. Being a communication coach, so your role is definitely part of your personal brand. Some of you may be keeping a list here. So you've got your your values, your traits, your education, your employer, your role or your title. It also includes your hobbies, your affiliations, like what clubs are you part of. Uh, It includes your family roles. It includes what gets you up in the morning. It includes like, do you meditate? It includes what sports you play. It's all parts of your of your identity, all of the things that are positive, unique, and relevant to you. And then what I tell people is you would never introduce yourself by reading these 15 things, these 12 to 15 things. You would filter which ones of these things you want to share with people depending on the context, right? So if I'm meeting a new neighbor for the first time, I'm not going to say, I'm a podcaster at Talk About Talk. I'm probably going to talk about my kids, right? Or how long I've lived in the house and maybe where I grew up. So, the, But those things are part of my personal brand. So if you can identify what your key theme is and then 12 to 15 key words or phrases that are positive, unique, and relevant to you across all of those dimensions, you're golden. Sounds good. So let's say we do that. We work on our personal brand. Um, we work on the explicit items, the implicit we look at your pure model, so positive, unique, relevant. Mm-hmm. And so how do we know with certainty that our personal brand reflects what we want it to reflect? I think that just keeping it in the back of your mind two things. One is the fact that it will constantly evolve. And secondly, does it pass the test of positive, unique, and relevant? That's really it. And if you have an experience, for example, where you think something is positive, unique, and relevant, but then you go and you find out everybody else is saying the same thing, so it's not unique, or maybe someone's not perceiving it as positive, right? I I think it always goes back to these three criteria. As I said, keeping in the back of your mind the fact that your personal brand is constantly evolving helps immensely. Recently, I've been creating an online course, and as I was creating it, I was updating my own personal brand, right? Like, I, I was like, oh, I could take this one and this one and combine them into one key word because it's actually the same thing. I never thought of that before. And then I was like, oh, gosh. And then I thought, no, it's okay. My personal brand's evolving, <laughs> right? So right. It, it takes this pressure off to remind yourself of that. Interesting. What... Besides from the pure model, sorry, I'm, I know I'm kind of stretching the question here, but is there any other yep, way yep. to just find out what are people saying when I'm not in a room? One thing that you can do that I've done that I found quite illuminating and I encourage my clients to do also is email. I always say at least five people uh, and some of, my, <laughs> some of my clients have enjoyed this so much that they ended up emailing like 25 people. And I say, that's fine, but you just have to make sure you thank all of them. And ask them, 
what do you think makes me unique? And, and you can ask them some other questions, right? But you're basically, at, and you can say, I'm, I'm working on my personal brand, or you can say, I'm just working on a, on a self-improvement project. And I have a question for you. What do you think makes me unique? What makes May, May? Or what makes Andrea, Andrea? And 95% of what you get back will be things you already know. And it's lovely, by the way, to read all these compliments from people. And there's probably going to be a few things in there that you're like, oh, yeah. So another thing that I heard over and over again, and I, and I hear this after I do workshops and, and coaching, people always say, Andrea, you have so much enthusiasm and energy for this. Like you are like off the charts. And so I have that as part of my personal brand, but I don't introduce myself and say, hi, I'm Andrea, and I'm super enthusiastic. Because <laughs> that's or, or I have so much energy. That just sounds stupid. So I'm communicating that implicitly, right? So some of the feedback that you would get if you asked other people are going to be things that you wouldn't necessarily say about yourself, but you can demonstrate it. And you can remind yourself that it's an important, positive thing that you want to reinforce implicitly. So you can ask other people, May, but you can also just spend some time brainstorming. Like, what is positive, unique, and relevant about me? Right. I mean, I'm definitely going to ask other people. Brainstorming is going to take me a bit of time, but yeah. I'll, I'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll get there. Oh, we got lots of people coming up. Yes, <laughs> it's is good. Great. Yeah. It's great. Bring it on. Hi, Ophelia. Hello. Hi, Ophelia. Hi. Well, first of all, thank you so much for just um, hosting this. This has been so incredibly helpful and just great information. Um, my question is, what are some ways in which someone can build confidence? What are some exercises that would be helpful in building that? Ophelia, this is probably, not probably, this is the number one most common question that I get. So my answer to start is that if it helps you to know that close to 100% of the population of this planet has confidence issues. <laughs> so it kind of makes you go, okay, right? I can also tell you the number one most downloaded episode, my podcast, it's called Mentally Preparing to Communicate with Confidence. So obviously people are, they listen to it and then they were like sharing it with their friends and stuff. So it is a really common question and it's really, really important because it affects how we feel and also how other people perceive us, right? Like if you're not confident, you're probably not credible. So I have so many, I have so many tips and mindsets and tactics that I could share. Let me, let me just think. So if, if you want to get a summary, um, you can try listening to, to the podcast on the, it's on talk about talk. But one thing that I've been talking about a lot lately that I think is really powerful is um, using the power of self-talk. So creating a mantra for yourself that you can use in any situation and mine, mine changes over time. Lately, I'm just like, Andrea, you got this. If I ever feel a shot of adrenaline, I just go deep, slow inhale, Andrea, you got this. And then that always makes me grin because it sounds a bit cheeky. And, and the, talking to yourself like that, um, research shows. So this is, this is the part of the, this that's the reason that I've been speaking with, with so many of my clients about this lately. There's this research that shows that if you talk to yourself in your head the same way that you would talk to a friend that was in having the same challenges... Research shows that your self-talk will be very powerful. So imagine, Ophelia, that you were watching Ophelia feeling a lack of confidence after you worked hard on a presentation and you're about to walk on stage or, or in front of a room to give you know, a presentation in a meeting. 
And what would you tell Ophelia? You'd say, Ophelia, you're smart. Ophelia, you're prepared. You know you got this, right? And so that's exactly the way we should talk to ourselves. We should use our own name and use second person. So you. So this is really taking the power of a mantra to the next level. So that's one insight. Another thing that helps me is to focus on my superpowers or my personal brand. So I know I sound like a broken record. Wow, that's amazing. This is really helpful. Thank you. Thank you for the question, Ophelia. You know, Andrea, I feel like the mantra tip is not used enough. And I think it's easy to like brush it under the rug or forget about it. But I have to say one quick and easy way to do that. You know, I'm not disclosing my password here, but I actually included one of my personal mantras. So I know into my password. So I know that every time I have to log in or I have to connect to my professional life, you know, through technology, I have no choice but to remind myself my personal mantra. So some days I wake up, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have this meeting today. And then I put in my password. I'm like, all right, you know what? Let's, let's just do it. You know, let's just go for it. So it's, it's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. May I have to say, I I think that that is so smart. That is so smart. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I've encouraged people. I've said, you know, the tip about putting a post-it note on your, by your screen or by your keyboard. I've encouraged people to write notes and put them, if you have a bulletin board or like a wall at your desk or your cubicle or wherever you're working, to put a note there. I've, I've also, and I've done this too, I've written notes and put them in my wallet to remind myself about something that I want to make into a habit. So actually making it your password, that is beautiful. It's like you have no choice. There's yeah. no escape. You have yeah. to remember that. So, yeah. so, make- so, and the other thing I want to say is if you're trying to either adopt a new habit or adopt a new mantra and you want to remind yourself of it, there's all sorts of research that if you make it permeate your brain through multiple media, it's more likely to stay. So if you verbally say it, if you listen to it, like you record yourself saying it, and then you listen to it, if you type it, if you handwrite it, if you, so just think about all your senses and all the ways that you can experience media and that way it'll, it'll permeate your brain. So I think that goes for whether it's a mantra that you're trying to adopt or any kind of habit. Yeah. Sounds great. Oh, I see someone here. Mayuri. Hey, Andrea, can you all hear me? We yes. Can. Hi. Um, thank you for all the nuggets of, you know, knowledge there. I've been listening through and enjoying thoroughly. I guess my question is a slightly catered differently. At what point in your career, at what level in the corporate hierarchy would you recommend someone should absolutely have a career coach or kind of a paid mentor who can help shape their career. I've always contemplated with the idea, but then, you know, we all find mentors through our professional lives and I've just lived with that. But I've always thought to at what point does it become absolutely must to pay a, you know, career coach to kind of help shape and cater specifically towards your own career? That's a great question, Mary. I was actually talking to my husband about this last night and I said, when I got into this business... I honestly thought I was going to be giving speeches and doing workshops and doing my podcast. And my, my coaching part of my business has, has really exploded. And I said, it's almost like therapy. Like 30 years ago, if you had a therapist, it was because you, you were like cuckoo. Like, let's just be clear. But now everyone's got a therapist. And I said, I feel like the same thing's happening with coaches. Like 
my friends and even even my kids' friends, like pe- like everybody's doing this. When they get a new job, they're actually negotiating as part of their job package. They're negotiating that they get a coach. Like it's becoming totally normalized. So, so just a couple things. If you are really keen on getting a coach, I would say there is a way of asking for one. There's really no downside because you are implicitly, at least, if not explicitly, communicating to your employer that you want to improve and grow. And you're, you're basically communicating your ambition. I actually have a, I have a lot of people contact me and they assume that they will pay for the coaching. And I say to them, hang on a second, before you think that you have to eat this, like you need to talk to your, your HR department and or your manager. And, and almost 100% of the people that I've encouraged to do that, their boss says yes. And then they realize like, oh, I've just communicated to them that I, I want to get promoted. I'm like, yeah, you have. And they're impressed and they're watching you now, right? So, um, but in answer to your question also, the more senior you become, the more important it probably is because you may have fewer and fewer peers or people that can mentor you because you're becoming, like you're becoming the mentor, right? So who's going to mentor you? Right, right. Okay, so you do recommend, you know, talking to your employer and seeing if if we can work out a situation where the corporate is paying for quote-unquote coach yeah. to you know, be successful in your career. Got yeah, it. yeah. And, and, uh, just, but just make sure when you're doing it that you're not, I mean, I don't, I don't know why else they would think that you want to coach. I mean, maybe they think you want to coach so that you can figure out what you want to do with your life and that maybe that includes leaving the company. That's the only thing I can think of that they, why they wouldn't want you to get a coach, right? Um, so other, otherwise you're communicating, you can say, you can say, I really want to be CEO and I need a coach to help me get there because I'm done my formal education. And by the way, I'm a sponge. I am learning everything I can, but I know I can step it up. And like, what's, what could possibly be wrong with saying that? No, makes sense. Makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. I, I'm sensing that you're, you're going to go ask for it. <laughs> 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 or I might just pay out of pocket, but I'm definitely going to investigate into it for sure. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I think having a coach is amazing. And and just as an anecdote, we've had Andrea coach here within my firm at PwC for like a series of coaching on communication. So definitely, I think the the companies can only win from from having their employees communicate better. Hi, Michael. Hi, can you hear me? Is there any background yes. noise? Hi, Michael. Hi. You're clear. Um, you need advice to somebody who's trying to start a podcast. Oh, you're trying to start a podcast? Yeah. So just just in general, just uh, any advice in just getting started and coming up with ideas as to, as to subject matter, how to brand, things like that. I would say the most important thing when you're starting a podcast is it's just defining your target market as narrowly, narrowly as you can. So when I started my podcast 98 episodes ago, I was like, everybody's interested in communication. I'm going to sort of target it to executives, but whatever. And now I'm like, no, I realized over time, the more specifically I was talking to people like that are on this platform, like on Fishbowl, right? You are all ambitious executives. That's why I'm here. You guys are my target market. But the more specific you can be, the better. And to be honest, I think this is related everybody who's here for personal branding is actually related to personal branding. So it's like, 
What is unique about you? Because there are over a million podcasts. Why would you choose one? Because it is uniquely interesting to you in the same way, same thing about you as a human. Like think about all the people I'm scrolling through, the beautiful headshots here, all the people that could be hired to do all of the jobs that all of you do. And it's something unique that you're bringing to work every day. That's the reason why you got your job. And, and so I, I cannot emphasize enough as a marketer, as a communication coach, and as a podcaster, the significance of being really focused and unique. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Andrea. I mean, that's, that's, that's great <laughs> advice. I, I think I could totally apply that and I, I could see oh, good. Uh, opportunities where I could get more specific and, and really hone my, my market and, and the target market. Yeah. And you know what, uh, Michael, it'll, it'll probably change over time. Like the sooner you start, the faster you'll learn. And then you'll, you can course correct. Like the same thing I just said about our personal brands evolving. Same thing with your personal brand. You can be like, oh, I thought I was going to introduce myself this way, but these other words work better. Fine. You wouldn't have known unless you wrote it down and unless you tried it. So just do it. Don't stand still. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. It's about time to wrap up. Andrea, thank you so much uh, for dedicating your time for today's session. Where can we find you? Where can we connect? How can we reach out to you if we ever have more questions or need a coach? If you go to talkabouttalk.com, it's all one word, talkabouttalk.com. You'll find me there. And I have a bi-weekly podcast, of course, which is free and I talk a lot about personal branding, but it's really focused on all communication skills for ambitious executives. I also have a weekly newsletter and I I branded it as this is free communication skills coaching. Every week you're going to get something that you can take away that will help you improve your communication skills. So I really hope you'll sign up for that. If you want to email me, I'm at andrea at talkabouttalk.com and I'm happy to answer your questions. And I'm, I also spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, but mostly on LinkedIn. Talkabouttalk.com is really the main place, though, where you can find me. Thank you again. Thank you so much. And thank you for all the participants for today's session. Thank you for listening in. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, May.